0: I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Atire Pharma is exploring a new set of naturally occurring proteins within the body, dubbed physiocrines, that modulate biologic activity and may provide therapeutic benefit. The company is pursuing this new class of molecules to treat a number of rare diseases. The company's lead drug candidate, Resolaris, is being developed to treat FSHD, a rare genetic myopathy in which immune cells invade diseased skeletal muscle and cause muscles to grow weak and deteriorate. We spoke to John Mendlein. CEO of ATAR, about physiocrines, how they can restore homeostasis to the immune and other systems, and why these molecules might be harnessed to treat a range of diseases. John, thanks for joining us.
1: Danny, it's great to be here today. Looking forward to speaking with
0: you. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a rare genetic muscle disease known as FSHD, Atire Pharma, and a, New class of therapeutics you're working to develop. Let's start with FSHD itself. What is it? How rare is it? How does it manifest itself? And what's the prognosis for someone with the disease?
1: Yeah, Danny, thanks for the opportunity to uh, uh, talk to people about FSHD or fascio-scapular muscular dystrophy. Um, It's in a, a family of rare muscle diseases. Uh, that include diseases like Duchenne muscular dystrophy and another rare muscle disease that we're working on, limb girdle muscular dystrophy. All three of these diseases have in common a genetic deficit uh, or aberrance in the muscle of these patients. And what happens is is that the body starts to attack that muscle, and uh, in those cases, it actually um, starts to contribute to the disease state, whether it's a limb girdle patient, an FSHD patient, or a Duchenne patient. So, what happens in these diseases? The muscle becomes weakened, and the immune system reacts to that uh, weakened area. Uh, for FSHD, there's approximately 18 to 20,000 of those patients in the United States. If you add up all the different limb girdle muscular dy- dystrophies, it's a similar figure. And Duchenne's is, is a little bit small. I think it's closer to 15,000. Uh, but these are very debilitating diseases, uh, particularly the earlier you're diagnosed, generally speaking, uh, the worse the prognosis is for somebody who has one of these diseases. And uh, very often uh, they can end up in a wheelchair uh, and requiring quite a bit of assistance uh, from their family and other uh, care providers uh because it's quite disabling over time. Oh. So these are these are diseases unfortunately for FSHD um and limb girdle muscular dystrophy patients there are no approved therapies and there are very few treatments that people even try. Uh for Duchenne uh, those patients are largely treated with steroids to try to control this uh immune reaction uh, that the that that occurs within those patients. Um, but right now, those therapies are not very successful in truly, fundamentally changing the course of disease.
0: Well, how are people with FSHD treated today?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's one of these things that uh, for FSHD and, and limb girdle, I just you know I ca- I can't believe I'm saying this, but but they're actually not therapeutically treated. Uh, every once in a while, people try steroids, but they're they're un- they're unsuccessful, and there's a number of, of studies that way. Uh, sometimes they get operations to help stabilize their uh, skeletal structure as their muscles weaken and uh, their their uh, skeletal structure starts to to you know bend uh, basically. Uh, but unfortunately, there are no therapies for for those two diseases. And as I mentioned, uh, Duchenne patients are treated with steroids.
0: You're working with a new approach of modulating biologic activity using what you call physiocrine's. What are physiocrines and what is their function? Uh,
1: this is a term that, that uh, we coined. Physio is for life. Crin is for activity. And so we believe these proteins are related to the fundamental uh, activities of life, orchestrating physiology, if you will. Uh, in the case of these rare muscle diseases, we discovered a pathway that we think is very important for maintaining muscle health or muscle homeostasis. Uh, we call this pathway the, the rhizokine pathway. And you can think of it as sort of like a thermostat for the immune system. In these diseases, the immune system gets heated up because there's damage and, uh, aberrant proteins that are being produced in the muscle. So the immune system dives in there and it heats up, but it becomes a counterproductive immune reaction and it heats up too much. And so our idea here is the, pharmacologically turn the thermostat uh, called rhizokine on so that it cools down the immune system and gives these patients some benefit.
0: This is actually a a family of proteins. How big a group of proteins are there and and how well understood are their individual functions?
1: Our founder, Paul Schimmel, published a paper in 1999 in Science uh, describing the first uh, physiocrine function. And since then, he and others, along with the company, uh, have discovered about 300 of these different Physiocrine proteins, and uh, there's a number of publications on their role in, in different systems. Uh, in 2014, we published a paper that sort of did a high-level uh, survey of the different functions of these proteins, and some of them relate to stem cells, other relates to neurons, some of them relate to... Uh, the immune system. And we have focused the company on working on ones that relate to the immune system.
0: Well, your lead candidate, uh, Resolaris is derived from a naturally occurring physicrine. How, if at all, did you modify it?
1: The protein, the protein therapeutic, Resolaris, is almost identical to what you can measure in your blood, Danny. Uh, all of us, uh, have, uh, this, uh, Rizokine pathway. Uh, in our blood, uh, you can measure the protein. And uh, Rhizolaris is just a little bit smaller than the naturally occurring protein. Other than that, it's exactly like what we call the wild type or naturally uh, occurring protein. So very little modification occurred. However, because these proteins don't exist in nature as an isolated protein uh, and they're not particularly easy to isolate from your blood, what we've done is to make the protein in bacteria, purify it uh, to a form that would be acceptable as a, as a therapeutic, and then that's what we actually administer to patients.
0: Now, this targets the, the Rezekine pathway, which plays a key role in the activity of certain immune cells. What exactly does it do? Is this have some kind of signaling function?
1: Absolutely, these these proteins are often related to extracellular signaling functions. And uh, what it does is that it, it binds to a T cell, and you know, basically, it it tells the T cell to chill out. If you're if you're an aggravated, activated, irritated T cell, this is like a thermostat, and instead of the T cell running at 110 degrees, it's going to turn it down to 72, which is a more acceptable temperature to run at.
0: Well, this is a, a new class of therapeutics, as we've said. It, it seems to have potentially broad applications. Why begin with FSHD? What made this physiocrine and, and this disease a good match?
1: So, much, so many of the drugs that we work on today, what happens is there's some elevated signal in immunology, and then we Try to, you know, what I call sort of whack-a-mole pharmacology. We hit it back down with a, with an antibody. Um, what we're doing here is, is, is very different. We're taking part of your body, uh, maybe manipulating it a little bit and then putting it back into your body to almost like heal it, heal thyself, if you will. And, uh, we start off in the rare muscle diseases because if this pathway gets knocked out, we believe it uh changes the homeostatic uh nature of the muscle and that's why we we feel it's a a very important system for maintaining health of the muscle or muscle homeostasis and that's exactly what's happening in these diseases is that their muscle is out of homeostasis the immune system comes in and then we can be able to help uh cool it down if you will with this thermostat
0: you you mentioned a, a few other muscular dystrophies that this may have application for. But uh, more broadly, might this have uh, application in treating, say, flares and autoimmune diseases?
1: Yes. Yeah. As you might imagine, um, a number of people have suggested uh, that we could take this um, into different areas of autoimmune disease. Uh, T-cells and other types of immune cells are very much uh, part of the pathophysiology in those diseases. And I think for some of those diseases, either this molecule or another version of this molecule uh, could be appropriate. Uh, for instance, we have a program to treat uh, rare diseases of the lung where the immune system uh, is is really being provoked and um, leading to uh, fibrosis of the lung. And so in those diseases, we think that we can make a difference for those patients. By taking a different version of this pathway and introducing it uh, into uh, patients with lung diseases such as interstitial lung disease.
0: At the end of April, you reported clinical trial results from a, a phase 1b2 study. What, what did you find?
1: We had completed a, a limb girdle muscular dystrophy trial and then um, also an early onset FSHT trial. And in both those trials, we saw an improvement and, um, muscle function as judged by the manual muscle test. So this is a test where, uh, the, uh, physician or other healthcare, uh, provider will test 14 different muscles and, uh, basically, uh, calibrate that to, uh, how strong those muscles are. And in our adult, um per, excuse me, adult limb Girdle trial, uh, we saw about almost 80% of the patients saw an improvement, and normally these patients uh, actually get weaker uh, as time goes on. So we thought that was an an encouraging sign of uh, clinical activity of our molecule. And then uh, for early onset patients, these are um, FSHD patients that are diagnosed uh, uh, in our trial before the age of 10, and then the patients themselves were between the ages of 16 and 20 And in those patients, we saw, oh, a little bit more than 50% of those patients have uh, muscle improvement. So both of these we thought were very encouraging where there's a a significant uh, potential decrease in the disease, and we could maybe uh, combat that or correct that with our drug.
0: And and how specific was it? Any any concerns about safety signals or off-target effects? Now,
1: g- generally speaking, uh, risoliris is w- is well tolerated. One of the you know fascinating things about the drug is that we have not seen any signs of general immunosuppression. So, a number of uh, pharmaceuticals that that are um, prescribed often somehow immunosuppress you, uh, meaning like your T cell levels and your and your blood could go down or uh, your total T cell counts can go down and uh, certainly a lot of immunosuppressive but that's actually how they work so we think this is a, a very special pathway that's really related to this question that the immune system constantly has to answer 24/7 in your body is what I'm looking at in the immune system is it self or is it non-self and uh, and there's two ways to answer that question is it is it non-self-related to exogenous uh, perturbations like uh, infections and things like that? Or is it self-related to your tissues? And uh, we think uh, what, part of what Rezokine does is that it tells the immune system, hey, these tissues, even though they're damaged, you have to stop hurting them because it's actually the self.
0: What's the clinical path forward and what would be the endpoints for a future study?
1: Well, one of the cool things about what we've learned uh, about the molecule today is that we start out with a lot of different endpoints, and um, you know the manual muscle test is something that's used in clinical practice. So we think that you know in a large randomized controlled trial that that would be a a uh, legitimate uh, endpoint, and then maybe on top of that we would make it more quantitative and do quantitative muscle testing. So, I think there's some definitely some guardrails that we can put on this program and, and and the road to success in clinical development
0: and at this point is the plan to commercialize this on your own would you be seeking partners
1: well right now uh we're 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 talking to people about partnerships in this program and and other programs, and uh you know that's been the nature of biotech is to sometimes have a mix of being able to take things all the way yourself and also, have some partners help you, uh, say, for instance, outside the United States.
0: John Mendline, CEO of Atire Pharma. John, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Danny, thank you and very much enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org.